came as soon as I heard. Hey. How long has he known? Who, Alandi? Oh, Grumbo says about two weeks. Shit. The offices of the Mordell Militia are overrun this morning. Not by invaders, but members and citizens frantic upon receiving such horrible news. Just shy of two weeks ago, a small slender boy with skin the color of charcoal wakes to find an eerily empty house. His parents, Faye and Dren, nowhere to be found. Bags packed, no breakfast made, and worst of all, no goodbye. Alandi spent the early light of this haplessly sunny day searching the house in vain. Nothing, not even a note. Fearing the worst, Alandi made a decision that would not come lightly. Bon, the older of his two younger brothers, rolled out of bed later that morning to find his brother having prepared breakfast. Alandi always took good care of his brothers, and it's for that reason that Bon and their youngest brother Carveth believed when told that mom and dad had to leave for a last minute mission. They'll be back soon, Alandi told them. This was odd. Mom always told us when they were leaving, Bon questioned, but Alandi insisted that it was an emergency. Bon was suspicious and even a little worried, but took comfort in playing Faye's sitar, which she had left behind. Carveth would join in, humming along just as they would with their mother. Comfort, however, is something that would be lost on Alandi. Alandi would bear the weight of his parents' disappearance alone for 12 days. 12 agonizing, lonesome days. Tears begin to well up in Captain Jim's eyes. Faye and Dren were dear friends, as they were with everyone in Mordell, but the duties of Captain weigh heaviest on days like today. No time to process, only time for action. We've got the whole force out looking for clues. Jim attempts to hold back his tears. If only Alandi had said something sooner. It's been weeks. Whatever trace they left behind is probably gone. Poor Alandi all that weight on such a small boy. Jim looks up at his partner, Adriana, frustrated. Poor Alandi? Poor Faye and Dren. Our friends could have been out there dead in a ditch somewhere, all because Alandi didn't speak up. He's just a kid, Jim. Yeah, he is. And if he cared about his parents, he would have done something. These words cut Adriana. Jim's lack of compassion nearly draws out the harshest words of retaliation, but Adriana bites her tongue. I know. You're upset, Jim, but if you say anything like that to that boy, you and I are going to have a big problem. The air in Captain Jim's office grows thick and heavy. She's right, and Jim knows it. I can't even begin to imagine what Alandi's gone through. And the last thing he needs is to be told off by the one person who can find them and bring them back. The investigation into the disappearance of Faye and Dren would go on agonizingly for months. The militia spent entire days canvassing neighborhoods, exploring the Ironwood, and scouring the Sandman's Hills, the seldom-traveled hilly region to the west of Mordell. Every day of this, however, would be in vain. 
In fact, it would be a full two months until the first clue as to their whereabouts would show up. And it would be happenstance rather than diligence. It happened as Captain Jim was sitting with Gertie, the local armorer. The two of them sat in the town square, sharing a lunch break, when a commotion caught the both of their attention. Passersby gasped as they saw a creature emerge from the wood. It was a man, only he appeared to be beaten and deformed, be it by magic or more natural means. His eyes a milky white, his mouth sewn shut at the lips, his skull half caved in, and his arms seemed to have passed through themselves as one was stuck within the other. Jim shot out of his chair as he saw this and heard the screams of the citizens of Mordell. He looked around the town square to see a couple of his knights enjoying lunch as well, and they dropped everything and cautiously approached the man. Jim's eyes widened as he got closer to the creature. It was covered in scars. It wasn't until he got close, however, that he was able to see that they told a story. The scars on its chest form words that read, Two Fey and two Dren. What do you make of this? I couldn't even begin to speculate as to what could do that to a man. Jim and the lead detective on the case stand just outside of the interrogation room, a glass window separating them from the creature handcuffed to the table. The detective lets out a labored sigh as he begins to walk into the room. Well, no time like the present. Jim watched as the interrogation slowly went on. No matter what question the detective threw at him, the creature did not respond, did not react. It hardly even breathed. At least, not until the right question was asked. Do you have something to do with Faye and Dren's disappearance? The creature had been staring downward at the table, or through it. However, it hears this question, and its attention is lifted, and its eyes lock with the detectives. Its head cocks to the side as if receiving new information. A look of surprised horror makes its way over the detective's face. He turns around in his chair to look back at Captain Jim in the other room. This look is mirrored on his face. What is it you wanted with Faye and Dren? A question asked early into the interrogation, however now with much more conviction given this new information. Suddenly, an inexplicable wind blows through the room, putting out the candles lighting it. The detective shoots up out of his chair looking around the room. His frantic energy is stopped as he hears a voice. Are they not here? The detective looks to the room behind him to see if Jim is hearing this as well, but he's not there. The room is empty. He wipes a bead of sweat from his brow as he attempts to speak. Uh, to, to who? To who am I speaking? The man, the man and, and woman, woman I seek. seek. Do you, Do you mean, mean to tell me they have gone? gone? Creature's confused look fades as it now turns its head inquisitively. If I tell you, will you tell me who I'm speaking to? The creature's sewn lips curl at its ends, forming a sinister smile, its focus unbroken. Just on the other side of the door, a ruckus can be heard, footsteps running toward the room perhaps. Some light fills the room as Jim enters back into the other. Through the glass, he sees the detective standing beside the table, and the creature sitting, staring at him. 
As the commotion gets louder, the creature's eyes shift to look at Jim's. Black blood begins to pour out of its tear ducts as the white clouds leave its eyes, revealing sickly yellow ones in their stead. Jim is entranced as their eyes are locked. The creature's face begins to expand as if filling with too much liquid. Jim is frozen, his feet nailed to the floor. He can barely even breathe as the door to the interrogation room flies open. People begin to run in to assist, but Jim can only watch as the creature continues to expand like a balloon until it reaches its capacity. A knight tackles the detective to the floor as they feel heat emanate off of this expanding creature. Suddenly, only for a moment, the room is silent. The knights brace themselves as the silence is broken by the sound of a string popping. The threads that have sewn this creature's mouth shut begin to pop one by one. Jim snaps out of his trance and notices what's happening. He runs for the door yelling at his men, but he's too late. The creature's mouth pops open and a fireball engulfs the entire room. The glass separating them shatters as Captain Jim is thrown through the door leading to the hallway. A woman rushes to kneel beside him as he lies on the floor, blood draining out of his ears, bruises covering his face, and his shoulder ripped out of socket. The last thing he sees before losing consciousness is people rushing into the flaming room to put out the fires and help their men. It wouldn't be until days later that he would learn it was all in vain. Jim's eyes slowly begin to open. It takes a great deal of strength, but he manages. He tries to look around, but his vision is still blurry. He wiggles his toes and then his fingers. His eyes come to focus as tears well up in them. He sits in the Mordell Hospital, heavily bandaged, staring at the ceiling. No, no, don't try to do too much. The doctor said you've been through enough to kill two men. Just take it easy. Adriana sits at the side of his bed. The bags under her eyes tell a story of all the sleepless nights spent here at his side. What happened? He joins her, as this tale is just too much for him to bear. Clearly homemade cane, with the letter A etched into the handle, leans precariously against the desk of the captain of the Mordell Militia. A time-battered man sits at this desk. The scars on his face tell the same story as his blank, empty expression. This is a sad day. A sad day amongst many. His blank expression leaves him as his attention is pulled to his office door. A familiar voice can be heard at the front desk of the office building. Jim takes a deep, anxious breath as he prepares for the conversation that he knows is coming. Adriana pushes open the door to Jim's office. You called it off? Adriana, I... Tell me you didn't call off the investigation. It's been six months. It had... Six months since the day Fandrin disappeared, and four months since the day the visitor wreaked havoc on the militia. So that's it? Forget about them? Forget about our friends? 
I, I don't know what you want me to say. I want you to say that you're not giving up. I'm, I'm not giving up. Adriana, for the last six months, I've sent every one of my men out looking for a ghost, looking for something that's just not there. My men have sacrificed so much. Six months of time with their families, six months of experiences, six months of life, all in vain. And those are just the ones that made it through. Adriana's rage turns into an angry sadness. It's not like I wanted to do this. If I could, I would send my men out all day, every day, looking for them. They were my friends just as they were yours. But I can't ask my men to waste another six months of their lives looking under every rock, or inside every cave, or at the bottom of every lake, or in every creep's basement. We have nothing to go on. I don't know what you want me to do. I know you're sad they're gone. I know if you could snap your fingers and make them appear, you would. I would too. But blaming me isn't going to change anything. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. But I know for goddamn sure that if it were me or you out there, Feyendrin wouldn't just give up on us. Look, at, at dawn, I'm walking out of that front gate. I really hope to see you there. Adriana turned and walked out of her partner's office. As he heard the door close behind her, he breathed a deep, sad sigh. And then she was gone. I just want to say a big thank you to uh, Callie DeSoto, who voiced Adriana, and to Josh Consalvo, who voiced the detective, and to Parker Moon, who voiced Captain Jim. It was so much fun working with all three of you. Uh, do you have anything that you want to say to the audience? Uh, yeah, thank you, Tyler. Uh, yes, I'm Parker Moon. This was so much fun to be a part of. Um, so I am a, a one of three talking heads on a podcast called Bookends with Friends. If you like to read, we go over one book a month, book club style. And then in the off weeks that we're not talking about the book we're doing, we just talk about everything books and books related and make friends along the way. Um, so we would love if you're a reader or if you know a reader just to share that. You can find us at bookends underscore with underscore friends uh, at, on Instagram or bookends with friends pod on TikTok as well as email us at bookendswithfriends at gmail.com. Thanks so much. So you can follow me at Callie underscore DeSoto on Instagram. And from there, you can find my website. I'm a graphic designer and I do lots of graphic design work and you can kind of follow me there. Um, or you can head to barelymakingitdesigns.com and see my work there. My name is Josh Consalvo. You can find me at Josh Consalvo on all social media platforms. Uh, if you're looking for a cool online game to play, uh, look up Big Brother Hometowns on YouTube and Facebook, and you can learn more at bigbrotherhometowns.square.site. Big Brother Hometowns is an online adaptation of the TV show Big Brother. So if you ever wanted to try your hand at a social strategy game, you can spend about a month with us at Big Brother Hometowns, uh, meeting people from all around the world and competing for the grand prize of a $200 charity donation made on your behalf. It's a lot of fun. Come check us out. 
thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I really hope you liked this episode. I plan on doing more of these in the future, unless you all hated them. But we're actually going to be releasing uh, the next episode of Season 2 this Friday, so you'll get a normal D&D episode this week, uh, just in case you didn't like this one. Uh, then it'll be back to back to our reg- regularly scheduled program. Thank you. <laughs>